0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-Sports.com. Got an action packed show for you today. We're going to be joined by JC Sherbert, the publisher over at The Big Spur. He's going to give us a little bit of insight on this matchup with Arkansas and South Carolina. We're going to take your questions and we're just going to dive in as much as we can into this game over the next 40, 50 minutes or so. All that and more on today's episode of Hog Sports Live. <laughs> And before we get started, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be one of 90,000 Razorback fans to follow the page if you haven't done so. Throw us a like on the video if you're enjoying it. Also available on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. And throw us a thumbs up on the video also if you like that. And please interact with the video, leave comments, share. If you think somebody might like the video, uh, then absolutely share. Also available on Apple Podcast. Throw us that five star review if you haven't done so already. Everybody really answered the call. In fact, I'm gonna read I'm gonna read our best one. Our best review of the week. This episode? Whoops. That's not what we want. Let's read the best episode or the best episode, the best comment of the week. I had it queued up here, I'm sorry. All right. The podcast the podcast, and the content on the site is the best independent resource for Razorback news out there. Trey does a great job giving insider updates while connecting with the emotions that every fan is feeling. The rant after the Chad Morris Western Kentucky game is a great example of this. The casual delivery of the show makes you feel like you're hanging out with a friend and just talking Razorback athletics. If you want a unique experience, throw the podcast on half speed and you'll feel like you're talking about the hogs with someone that has had a few drinks. Well, <laughs> oh, I like that. Anyway, I appreciate the, uh, the comment. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Sports is just $1 right now for your first month at hawgsports.com. Thank you for that five-star review. All right. Where do we want to start today? I mean, let's first let's talk about this weekend that's coming up. Some really good games. You got Mississippi State at Arizona. It's a road game, obviously. BYU or Baylor at BYU. That's a good one because that's at like nine o'clock. So Arkansas games at eleven a.m., and then you can come back and watch BYU in a real competitive game. Obviously, we know that BYU falls on Arkansas' schedule in the middle of the season. USC Trojans at Stanford Cardinal, Arizona State at Oklahoma State. That could be an interesting one. Uh, Iowa State at Iowa. South Carolina at Arkansas. Obviously, that's the big one. Uh, Kentucky at Florida. That's a that's a really intriguing one. Tennessee at Pittsburgh. Another one. And Alabama at Texas. Those are those are a lot of the ones that are going to have eyes. Obviously, there's a lot more games, but those are so just some of the some of the ones that kind of piqued my interest. As for the game. Number 16, Arkansas hosting South Carolina. This game is at 11 o'clock Central Daylight Time from Donald W. Reynolds' Razorback Stadium. It's on ESPN. A lot of people are upset that it's an 11 o'clock game. It's the first SEC game. For me, I just think that, you know, this is is on ESPN. It's not SEC Network. It's not SEC Network Plus. You know, it's not SEC Network Alternate. It's not even ESPN 2. It's on ESPN. So, a lot of people are going to be watching college game day. And what I like what College Game Day does is a good trick. It almost just kind of bleeds you right into that next game. There's no commercial break right after, you know, everybody makes their picks. It just kind of – suddenly you're watching the next game and you don't even realize it. And that's what I think a lot of people will be doing when Arkansas South Carolina comes on. And instead of being like, oh, this is, you know, Western Michigan and whoever else, no offense, Western Michigan, don't come at me. You know, it's Arkansas, South Carolina. Ooh, there's a little bit of intrigue. Oh, I didn't know Arkansas, South Carolina was on next, you know, so – It'll be kind of cool. It's not that bad that it's an 11 o'clock game. I wonder how well Arkansas fans will show up. I've said several times that Georgia game last year, I don't want to rehash everything, but, man, the crowd made a huge impact. That was Arkansas's first real road game last year. They had the split crowd against Texas A&M, obviously, in Arlington. But this is the first true road game in a hostile environment for Arkansas, and that's what this game needs to be for South Carolina. You know, you're in year two with Shane Beamer, uh, you're taking this team with a lot of new pieces on the road in the SEC. they got a lot of returning pieces, too. The thing that intrigues me a little bit about South Carolina in a bad way for Arkansas is the number of super seniors because I know what an impact that made for Arkansas last year, and it sees South Carolina as that school this year. Not only a lot of super seniors, but a top ten transfer hall also. We're going to switch gears real quick because Arkansas announced the, um, the basketball schedule uh, for SEC games. So there's a lot of intriguing games that uh, will be played in front of a sold-out crowd. Just the home games real quick. You can go to hogsports.com and check out the whole list. But you got Missouri on January 4th, Trevon-Brazil game, Uh, Alabama January 11th, Ole Miss January 21st, the 24th of January, LSU, Texas A&M the 31st, February 11th, Mississippi State, February 18th, Florida, February 21st, Georgia, March 4th, Kentucky. March 4th, Kentucky. That's the last game. You also play Kentucky twice that year, or this year. So, well, next year, technically. But um, you play them twice, So, and you get them the last game, right before the SEC tournament in Bud Walton Arena. That should be an exciting one. I mean, that could be wild, wild, wild. There could be a lot on the line in that one. Secondary questions. Um... I think it seems unlikely we're going to see uh, Miles Slusher, that we're going to see Jalen Catalan in this one. So, what they've been doing is working Kari Johnson at middle safety. They've been working Latavius Brini at boundary safety. They've shifted Jaden Johnson over to the nickel spot, which is what he played last year. The boundary and the nickel are almost mirroring each other, you know, in terms of responsibilities and stuff. So, not that big of a difference in those two spots. But... Um, Jaden Johnson did play nickel. He was the top backup last year. Jaden Johnson was committed to South Carolina. He was committed to South Carolina before he flipped over to Arkansas. Obviously a big get. But that's going to be a big part of this game. You know, first of all, you know, the secondary is key, obviously. You know, didn't necessarily have their best game uh, last weekend out against Cincinnati. I mean, gave up a lot of passing yards. Uh, What Arkansas is going to have to do, is get a lot of pressure on Spencer Rattler. I think that if you can move, you know, change his launch point, uh, move him around a little bit, he gets a lot worse. You know, just if it's just sitting back there and spinning the ball, nobody can throw it as well and as pure as Spencer Rattler can. I mean, it's a tight, nice, pretty spiral every time. However, if you can move him around a little bit, you can put some pressure on him, he will make some mistakes. And that's what Arkansas has to do in this one. They've got to get pressure on him. You know, they got pressure on Ben Bryant last weekend. I thought that there were some opportunities to throw a holding flag a few times, you know, so, but they, they hit him, they got sacks on him, and they absolutely need to do that that in this one against Spencer Rattler. We'll get to JC here in a minute because he's obviously going to provide a lot more um, in-depth knowledge of everything, but I want to get to keys and victory and five burning questions first. This is a feature that Curtis does every week leading up to the game and he took some time out from Honeymoon to, to get this one into us, so you can't stop Curtis Wilkerson. Will Arkansas contain Spencer Rattler? I'm glad he didn't use – will Arkansas rattle Rattler? Hmm. Everybody, I mean, that's got to be the most overused thing that South Carolina fans have heard, and Oklahoma fans for that matter. But will they be able to contain him? And just kind of back to what I said, move him around. He was 23 of 37 for 227 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. I thought both those interceptions were his fault. I thought he was trying to force one where it wasn't there, and then I thought he had an overthrow on, you know, kind of a shorter wide receiver. Can Arkansas D-line control the trenches? Now, they, they return a lot on the offensive line, veteran players up front on the offensive line. So, uh, I think Terry Hampton had a really strong game in the last one. But that's a big question. South Carolina will do a lot of different things. They'll go 11 personnel, 12 personnel, five wide, wishbone. They'll do so much stuff. Will Arkansas open up the pass offense? I think they've got to, I think, loosen up a little bit, you know. Uh, take some shots downfield. One of the statistics that really jumped out to me uh, that I wasn't aware of was K.J. Jefferson was 58% on throws 15 down, fifteen yards down the field previously. Uh, the first pass of the game was over the middle, and then he did not throw over the middle or deep down the sideline until the last that two-minute drive right before the half. You know, so he didn't really test them over the middle. I, th- I think that Arkansas's wide receivers have potential to do some really big things. Um, there is some talent, obviously, in the secondary, including a f- potential first-round draft pick. But I think Arkansas has got a bit a nice size advantage at wide receiver and tight end and would like to see K.J. Jefferson open up, go go a little deeper. How will Arkansas split carries? Probably see A.J. Green get a few more. I don't know how many Dominic Johnson will get. I do think he'll get some. Uh, Tuesday's practice, he was not in a green jersey. In fact, there was nobody wearing green, not even Marcus Henderson who's worn green since the start of spring, but not uh, Jaden Hazelwood, not Jaden Wilson, not Dominic Johnson. Now, Dominic still had a brace on his knee, but the fact that he was not in green and considered full go, When they were doing a full pads day, I thought was pretty big. So we will see him, I think, in this one, unless something happened in practice. I I do think we'll see him finally. And that could cut down on carries for somebody else. But I like all those backs. I like what I saw at DeBinion. Uh, I thought A.J. Green really hit the hole hard and and finished his runs, which is something that I didn't think he did a good job of last year. And we know what Dominic Johnson brings and and, uh, Rocket Sanders, obviously, too. Can the Hogs get off to a start fast? That's the fifth question. They got off to a slow start in on offense in each opener. Now under Pittman, all three years they've gotten off to a slow start in the opener. Uh, game twos have been a little bit better. Now Mississippi State in 2020, that was you know, I think I believe an interception return about Greg Brooks, and that wasn't a high scoring game. Obviously, the defense played great in that one. Um, The next game last year against Texas, obviously they put up 40 points, so a lot better showing on offense there. Will they have a a good show? I think they will. I think they're going to – I think you could possibly see a lot of points in this game, maybe surprise some people, but I think you could possibly see some points. Keys to victory, penalties, turnover, special teams, always key. Injuries, it's a big one in this one. I mean – Probably no slusher, probably no Catalan. So you got to have some guys step up. Isaiah Nichols was a little bit banged up, but he's fine, though. South Carolina has a few guys a little little banged up, too. We'll get into that with J.C. Third down has got to be huge. Got to convert third down. Arkansas was 50% last time on third down opportunities. I think that Cincinnati was the same. But got to have a big game on third down. And, and you, get in, you get into good situations on third down by getting into, you know, having nice runs or nice plays on first and second down. You know, putting yourself in third and short. Third and nine, like they were last weekend when Arkansas had the ball with 5.49 to go, isn't an ideal situation. K.J. Jefferson was hit twice and broke tackles on that run. That was That was just K.J. Jefferson being K.J. Jefferson. But you want to get in third and short situations in this one. And, you know, taking deep shots down the field sometimes takes away those opportunities because, you know, you're second and ten if you throw on first down and you're incomplete. So don't get away from the run, but take some shots downfield. I want to see Malik Hornsby get the ball more. I asked Sam Pittman if that was about what we could expect, the number of plays that he ran uh, last time, which was it four or five plays, not that many, touched the ball just one time. And he said, yeah, about that, maybe a couple more plays. I guarantee you if Malik Hornsby houses one of those plays, we're going to see him more than a couple more plays. If he does it a couple of times, then, you know, maybe even more than that. But I want to see Malik Hornsby on the field more. And I get it. It's You know, we're talking about, well, Dominic Johnson needs some more carries now that he's coming back. And you, J.J. Green looked good. Jabinian looked good. Rocket Sanders, of course. And then you're talking about, you know, open things up a little bit more, get some more, you know, shots downfield in the passing game. I know. You're asking for a lot. It used to be like, I always remember back in the day, was like Michael Smith, why isn't he getting more carries? You know, he's doing a good job. You're going to take carries away from McFadden, Felix, Payton. You know? So it's kind of that situation. But um, there'll be time. There's a, It's a long season. There'll be time for all that stuff throughout the season. We could see a lot of different things. Andrew broke down things on on Arkansas versus the defense. I think the thing that stands out to me most about South Carolina is that defensive line. Zach Pickens, Jordan Burch, both of these guys were five-star prospects, not just five stars, but top ten players in the country in their respective years, different years, both South Carolina guys. That definitely jumps out to me. Cam Smith is a big time. He's got a chance to be a first-round draft pick. He's big time, one, good size, defensive back. He was an AP all, uh, second-team All-SEC selection last year after recording 41 tackles, 11 pass breakups, three interceptions, forced fumble. Yeah, good-looking, nice, long, fast cornerback. He's got a chance to be a potential first-round draft pick. So, A lot of this is going to come down to the run game and how well Arkansas um, – How well Arkansas handles Spencer Rattler?
0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: I mean, I could go over all this stuff. I, I want to get to J.C., and I don't want to just rehash a of stuff, but I'm going to talk about the offensive line um, for South Carolina real quick. 6 average per man comprised of one six-year super senior, one fifth-year super senior, one redshirt senior with another year left, one fourth-year senior, and a junior all on the offensive line. So, a veteran group, they've combined for 109 starts total. Three of them are multi-year starters, including Eric Douglas, 25 starts, the center. Javon Gwynn, 35 starts. It's the right guard. And right tackle, Dylan Wanham. I don't know if I'm saying that right. 31 starts. What's interesting about that, though, is like – All those guys return, so many starts return, and there's not a single first, second, or third team preseason pick amongst those offensive linemen. I don't know that they played particularly well against Georgia State. I mean, especially run blocking. Like Jaheim Bell at tight end, They've also got Austin Stogner, who, who, who transferred over now. It's interesting because Jaden Hazelwood's familiar with a lot of Arkansas uh, – or, excuse me, a lot of South Carolina uh, players. First, Jay, Shane Beamer was at Oklahoma when he was there, so they've got a connection there. Um, I know that Hazelwood said he really liked Beamer when he was at Oklahoma – Um, Austin Stogner obviously is another one and Spencer Rattler was his quarterback for at least half the season last year. So there's a lot of connections there with him. I actually asked him, I was like, are you giving Barry Odom any insight (laughs) into some of the tendencies and stuff? He said he wasn't, but, uh, I would, I would give him some insight. This is what he does. Well, this is what he doesn't do well. Um, but they're probably all on top of that. Okay. We want to go behind enemy lines. Let's get to JC Sherbert now. I've known JC for a long time. You can follow JC at JC Sherbert, and also go check them out at the Big Spur, the South Carolina site for twenty four seven sports. You can follow their YouTube page, The Big Spur, and you do a couple of pods also. JC, welcome to the show, man.
2: Hey, great to be with you, Trey. Uh, great to be talking to uh, the the Arkansas fans again. Up. Uh, Gosh, I guess it was about uh, 10, 12 years ago, I was on with uh, Bo Mattingly every now and then out there. And I've always enjoyed, uh, you know, just talking a little Arkansas football. And I guess today we're going to talk about the
1: Gamecocks in Arkansas. Yeah, you and I actually have quite a a history, a long history. We haven't crossed paths a whole lot. Obviously, Arkansas and South Carolina don't play as much as they used to. But, I mean, going back to the old rivals days, you were an analyst. I remember you would evaluate some of the Arkansas uh, recruits. We probably – we probably go back about 18 years or so jc
2: <laughs> yeah it didn't seem like it's been that long but yeah you you guys are part of the rivals network and that's kind of how i got into the business and uh was there and then at 24 7 sports in a national capacity and espn for a while too and just decided to kind of retire from that mess and uh just <laughs> cover a team and uh i've kind of found that covering one team sometimes can be more taxing but than traveling and doing yeah. all that but uh Back home, um, covering the Gamecocks has always been something I've wanted to do. And certainly,
1: we had some great times back then. Certainly did. J.C. Sherbert joining us again. You can follow him at J.C. Sherbert. So, I just wanted to get into a few questions, let people know a little bit about what's going on over in Columbia as they prepare to take on the Razorbacks at 11 a.m. Central time, 12 your time. Uh, so, what's the latest with the injury report? Arkansas just came off a really physical game against, uh, against uh, Cincinnati, Um, And I watched a a good bit of that game. I noticed there was a couple of guys here and there that that got a little banged up. What's the latest going on right now?
2: South Carolina's in pretty decent shape, Trey. Uh, Probably the most significant one is R.J. Roderick. He's a a fifth-year guy, played a lot of ball, starting safety uh, for the Gamecocks. He's a little bit doubtful. Uh, Hurt his shoulder, uh, I think, in the game against Georgia State. And his his replacement's a true freshman. Uh, So anytime that happens... Uh, it's a concern. Now, the true freshman played pretty well against the Panthers on Saturday night. He's 6'4", uh, 220, kind of a, a type of kid that I've seen Arkansas actually recruit a lot over the years. Mm-hmm. A local kid from Columbia they had in camp. He's big and can run. Uh, but still, anytime you start a freshman like that in that situation, uh, it's a concern. Um, Corey Rucker, who came in from the transfer portal as a wide receiver, probably would have been a starter. He played at Arkansas State last year. Uh, he uh, was injured in camp. He's probably out four to five weeks, so he'll miss the game Saturday. Uh, and Ja'Kai Moore, a backup offensive lineman who saw some playing time Saturday night, uh, you know, he, he's probably out too. And that makes that left tackle, left guard spot pretty thin for the Gamecocks in case there's an injury. So that that's kind of the question is if they do have an injury there, who's going to go. Uh, but other than that, the Gamecocks are in good shape, especially considering You know, we all just went through the Will Muschamp era, and uh, (laughs) there's just a lot of injuries every single week. So Gamecock fans are uh, pretty thankful that it's, uh, you know, just those handful of guys.
1: I was curious about Spencer Rattler, and just from what you saw with him at Oklahoma, there's a misconception that just because he got beat out by Caleb Williams that he's terrible, you know, and had to transfer out. I mean, look at his completion percentage. Look at his win-loss record. Look at his efficiency rating when he was at Oklahoma. I'm curious, based on what you saw from him at Oklahoma and what you've seen from him game one, what are your impressions of Spencer Rattler, strengths, weaknesses, and such?
2: Well, I think right now he's sort of learning a new offense and a new system. And, uh, it's fundamentally different than what he had to do out at OU. Uh, you know, I, I've seen, you know, football over the years, Trey. You know how this goes when an offense is struggling and you put in the quarterback that maybe has wheels, you know, he can run a little bit better. Than the guy you got, and he can make things happen with his legs, and then he sparks your offense. You usually stick with that guy. And that's mm-hmm. what Caleb Williams was to me last year was, you know, really good passer, just like Spencer, but he added that extra element and got that offense going for OU. And it was really nothing against Spencer. And uh, so, you know, I, I think as far as, you know, his game against Georgia State, uh, he seemed to me like a guy that was kind of feeling things out. Uh, he did take a lot of pressure the other night. Georgia State has a very unique. Uh, defensive front, I mean, they get after you just about every single play and come from all over. Uh, You know, as he's running for his life sometimes, obviously Carolina's got to block better. But, uh, you know, I thought some of those plays he made on the run with a flick of his wrist were, you know, beautiful plays. I mean, Mm -hmm. quarterbacks, not every quarterback can do that. So uh, I just think as he gets more and more comfortable uh, with the new system and and everything – Uh, He's going to just play better and better. I I, I think he's got an an upward trajectory uh, this season as the season moves along.
1: Yeah, no question, physical tools. Not a lot of people can spin it like Spencer Rattler can. Aside from Spencer, I'm curious, and we've talked about this too, I'm looking at Arkansas, I'm thinking, man, they're really deep. And and the reason is they filled a lot of holes of the transfer portal. Um, But I'm asking you now, like for South Carolina, aside from Rattler, obviously he's obvious, but aside from Rattler – who are some of the impact players uh, among the newcomers for South Carolina?
2: Oh, it's uh, – it, it, South Carolina did probably, you know, uh, up, they're up there with Arkansas as far as what they got out of the portal uh, in terms of immediate needs. And, and if you looked and didn't have those guys, it may be a different outlook for the season. Uh, the player I was really impressed with the other night was Juice Wells, uh, Antoine Wells from James Madison. Uh, Trey, he's a guy – they called 80 balls at JMU. Um, the reason he was at JMU to start with, he's from Richmond, Virginia, didn't have grades. They so had to go to Fork Union, and they kind of made his way to JMU. Uh, I believe it was Tino Sinceri, who used to be a graduate assistant at Alabama. He's now at JMU. Uh, th- this is not, like, inside scoop information. This was in the newspaper. Uh, uh, he said Juice was just as good as those guys they had at Bama. At, which is saying something. And uh, did he kind of show that the other night? No, but he had seven catches for 55 yards, called everything, uh, a lot of horizontal-type routes and stuff, Want to see what he can do when he can get downfield. Um, so he's probably the guy, you know, Devonnie Reed, who came in from Central Michigan, um, uh, had a good year at Central Michigan last year, had a pick six against LSU, was all back. He's a starting safety at five tackles the other night. Austin Stogner came in from Oklahoma with Rattler former top 100 recruit. Uh, Certainly they're looking more – they want more from him, I think, in the passing game uh, this week as opposed to last, but he's really good. And then they hope to get Christian Beale-Smith, a running back, back who actually led Wake Forest in rushing last year. Uh, And they got him out of the portal to kind of give some depth behind Marshawn Lloyd. So those those are kind of the guys – and I mentioned Corey Rucker from Arkansas State earlier. Uh, Of course, he's out – but um, you know, I think he'll be a guy that, if he gets back healthy, uh, will make something happen at uh, the receiving core as well.
1: Now, I noticed Wells had seven catches for 55 yards in the game, and like he wasn't listed as a starting wide receiver on the on the depth chart, so kind of a surprise. But I mean, you go back and look at his stats: 83 catches for 1,250 yards and 15 <laughs> yeah. touchdowns last season at James Madison.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a, he, he's got. Uh, a lot going on you know tool wise i think and uh you know i I think with the depth chart they they maybe uh, you know some of those guys that were supposed to start didn't start and they kind of just rotate them Mm -hmm. um anyway but uh you know juice is a guy that i I think is going to continue uh to make some big big plays in the passing game this year i mean he's a great target for spencer rattler Um, you know, and all that, among other ones, if they can get the passing game going and and block and all that good stuff.
1: Again, J.C. Sherbert following or joining us with the big spur, uh, the publisher over there, publisher owner. So aside from Rattler and any newcomers that we just mentioned, who are some of the other big playmakers uh, for the Gamecocks on offense and defense? (laughs)
2: Well, on offense, I'd have to say, you know, Marshawn Lloyd, uh, gosh, he was a borderline five-star out of Damatha, signed with Muschamp, got hurt, kind of had an up-and-down year last year working his way back. He's fully healthy. He had two touchdowns the other night, one receiving, one rushing. Uh, yardage-wise, wasn't really there, but uh, he'll uh, only continue to get better. He's got uh, a lot of ability, a lot of natural ability running the football. Uh, Jaheen Bell is a kind of a player that they – They'll play him at tight end. They'll play him at running back. They'll fl- split him out wide. He had a huge bowl game last year. You know, 6'3", 230, He can run. Uh, really good player there. And then a kid, Jalen Brooks, um, who came in from Wingate in twenty twenty. Right. This is a this is an old school portal guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Came in from Wingate. You know, struggled to adjust uh, last year. Got kicked. Got dismissed from the team halfway through. Uh, came back. They let him back on. Four catches for 88 yards against Georgia State. And had some of the, had those highlight reel catches, right? Um, so, on offense, those guys defensively, you know, South Carolina, you know, for those that follow recruiting rankings, they, they have a five, starting five-star defensive tackle, starting five-star defensive end uh, from within the state. And Jordan Birch and Zach Pickens, uh, Boogie Huntley is the other D tackle that's good. Jordan Strong is a pretty good pass rusher off the edge. Uh, and then the guy that I think um, is going to really – Start to surprise people this year. South Carolina's better linebacker than they've maybe been the last four or five years uh, is Mo Kaba, Mohamed Kaba, a former four star guy in North Carolina that, you know, sort of like Lloyd had a knee injury and worked his way back, finally back to full speed, uh, basically took the starting linebacker job in camp, was not listed as a starter coming in. Uh, and then, of course, Cam Smith uh, is probably going to be the next South Carolina defensive back. You see, drafted, you know, relatively high. You know, they've had a pretty good bit of them over the years. So, uh, those are the guys to kind of look out for. Of course, special teams is good with uh, punter Kai Kroger uh, and kicker Mitch Jeter. Both those guys had really good nights.
1: What's the vibe right now over there, J.C., with with Shane Beamer and, and just the direction of South Carolina football?
2: Well, it was, I'll tell you, Trey, the off season was nothing but positive energy and enthusiasm and uh, they had one of the biggest crowds they've had in a long time. I mean, and I'm not talking tickets sold. I'm talking like butts in the seats uh, for the Georgia State game. Uh, I, I think some people maybe came back down to earth a little bit because of the struggles of the offense. You know, there's been a lot of talk about the offensive coordinator, Marcus Satterfield. It didn't come in mm-hmm. with this great pedigree and all that. Um, you know, and it was certainly not the best night. Uh, for the Gamecocks they're right on that side of the ball. Uh, but still, you know, people are kind of keeping their head above water with it. Uh, they're excited to go play Arkansas and, and start the SEC season. And, uh, you know, the Gamecocks are recruiting pretty well right now. They've kind of worked their way up the East coast a little bit and start to sign guys from there. So, you know, there's a lot of positive energy still with Shane Beamer. Uh, but the Gamecocks have to solve, uh, that off the offense that they, they really do. I mean, they're averaging, uh, against SBS competition the last two years, 1.92 touchdown drives a game. uh Trey, if you, if you take it and say, okay, you didn't start an opponent's territory um, and the game was not out of hand, like 21 or more points, 1.28 touchdown drives per game. That's not going to get it done anywhere yeah. on any level. Uh, so they've got to get better there, but uh, they've got better personnel this year and they're hopeful that. All that will come together, and uh, they're they're thinking hopefully on Saturday, so we'll see what happens.
1: All right, JC, we'll get you out with this one. How do you see things playing out on Saturday? You got a score prediction?
2: Well, you know, I'm kind of looking at it. You know, I I kind of see two different – because I went went and did a little dive on Arkansas, and, uh, you know, you and I have been talking on our show and stuff about the personnel. And I just kind of see two programs at two different spots, right? Mm Uh, Arkansas has won 10 out of 14 games. They've beaten Penn State, Cincinnati, Texas, Texas, A&M, LSU, uh, Mississippi State. Uh, they lost by touchdown at Bama. You know, the body of work for Sam Pittman has just been so solid. And, and then you have South Carolina that's not, you know, they don't really quite have that yet. They're not quite there yet. So uh, it, it's hard for me with the offense like it is uh, – you know, and the Gamecocks have struggled on the road for three years now uh, to, to pick Carolina to win. I think, you know, you'll see some good things this weekend, but, it, you know, uh, I think that Arkansas is just probably at a different spot than Carolina right now as a program. So I think uh, I think Arkansas probably wins like
1: 34-21. J.C. Sherbert, ladies and gentlemen, publisher at The Big Spur, and you can follow him at J.C. Sherbert on Twitter. Check out The Big Spur YouTube page and – uh, also, when you're on, t- I mean, you're on the Big Spur pod, JC and Morgan. You can follow both of those on Twitter also. Does a lot of stuff oh, yeah. uh, and does a great job over there. Appreciate you, yeah, JC. Hey, tell, tell
2: your Arkansas fans thanks for visiting the YouTube page. I'm, I'm looking at all their comments right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're very nice, very complimentary. Trent.
1: All right. So, good deal. All right. Appreciate great. you, JC. Hey, thanks, Craig. Be good. God does a great job covering. South Carolina Gamecocks for the 24-7 Sports Network. Go follow him at J.C. Sherbert, again, the publisher of the Big Spur. They've got a lot of great content over there breaking down this game as well, so uh, a lot of kind of different stuff than what we do, so good stuff over there. All right, we're going to go over to questions now. Appreciate having J.C. on. Casey French Fulton says, My phone froze. What did you say about Celestia and Cattle? Just that I think they're unlikely. I mean, they didn't practice Monday. They didn't practice Tuesday. It just doesn't sound, you know, based on kind of things you're hearing. It just seems unlikely that they would play. So. And they've got um, Kari Johnson working middle and Latavius Spreeny working boundary and then Jaden Johnson uh, over at the uh, the nickel. Billy Harper says, hey, Trey, I was wondering when you are in the press box, do you cheer and get loud during the game? Hogs! <laughs> no. There's, so there's, uh, there's no cheering in press boxes. You have to kind of just sit there. You get used to it. Um, it's a lot different for me watching a game at home versus being in the press box where, I mean, we're talking, I'm sitting next to Danny, you know, and. You know, I have a different person to my left. I'll, it's usually like me, Danny, Curtis, Andrew. That's where we sit. Um, and pretty good seats there. So we're, we're happy to be there. But, uh, yeah, no no cheering in the press box. That's a no-no. In fact, there have been people – I haven't seen anybody, I don't think, at Arkansas. But there have been people at other schools that get uh, escorted out of the press box because they, they cheer or they don't know what they're supposed to be doing or they don't belong
0: there.
1: Lauren Morris says, look like your video is streaming at 1.25 speed. I've never known you to talk so fast. Will D. Johnson says – or will D. John, will Dominic Johnson play this week? Uh, I think he will, yeah. I mean, we talked about that a little bit earlier in the show, but I think he will. Who stands out, says James Bradley. I think at least one of those wide receivers will have a really big game. Rocket Sanders, I think, is going to continue to stand out. You need K.J., obviously, to stand out. He needs to, in my opinion, he needs to loosen some things up, hit some deep balls, uh, make them back up a little bit so it opens things up again for the running game. And defensively, if I were picking a guy, I might say Drew Sanders. You know, I thought Drew Sanders probably could have had two sacks on Saturday. Uh, They were just holding him one time really bad. But there could be a lot of guys. You just you never know. Need players to obviously step up. Nate Overton says, or Noble Overton says, I feel like when KJ gets in a groove and gains confidence like the old miss game last year, he'll be one of the top quarterbacks. I think that KJ kind of, something needs to happen, you know, where he gets flushed out or maybe he gets hit or something like that. I feel like that kind of gets his juices flowing a little bit, but need to get off to a a great start. George George Ormond says, Trey, it's not working, man. Please start us over. I hope that's not the problem. John Sullivan says, it's not playing on my end. Uh oh. Well, if it's not playing, let me see here. I mean, it looks like it's playing to me. If it's not playing for you, then maybe it'll play on replay and it'll be uploaded to YouTube right after this so you can watch there. Sorry about that. hope that's not a problem for everybody. Casey French Fulton says, get out and get back, and my phone did that earlier. Okay, so maybe that's just a individual sc rush for only 79 on georgia state and georgia state 200 on sc yeah that could be a big component with the game no question about it um they were not super impressive running the ball i think they averaged like 2.4 yards a carry so uh, georgia state came after them a pretty good bit you know you probably see with teams like that a lot of run blitzing and things the big thing for this game i think that we all know is is special teams I think just straight up offense, defense. I feel like Arkansas has the better team. Not that South Carolina doesn't. I guarantee you, you know, South Carolina is capable of beating Arkansas. You know, it's not just a slam dunk. Things have to, to go right. You got to obviously hit big play stuff. But um, the X factor in this game could very well be special teams because South Carolina, I mean, they put a huge emphasis on it. Not that Arkansas doesn't, but they just, you know, they showed up big time on special teams, two block punts. You have a special teams play like that, that switches the whole momentum of the game. It used to be John L. Smith that always bring that up, talking about uh, the odds of you losing a game. They increase so dramatically if you have a punt blocked. So, I mean, I don't feel like Arkansas was horrible on special teams in the opener. I just don't feel like they were – Great on special teams, you know the decision to return the kickoff uh, when you're three yards deep in the end zone. It's got good hang time. You get hit at the ten yard line and get tackled at the sixteen. The fact you get hit at the ten yard line tells you right there that you should not have brought the ball out, you know. Um, And they got a holding penalty on that one. Then the next play is a is a fumble at the three yard line. So, uh, luckily for Arkansas, Cincinnati didn't play very well on special teams either, but. There was that. Um, kicked the ball off pretty well. They gave it the punt return. I think that was due so much to a holding penalty. That that would have been taken back. But it was a 37-yard punt return. Um, Max Fletcher didn't punt the ball very well. I think we could possibly see Reed Bauer in this one. But he's got a, I mean, Max Fletcher's got a big leg. It's just I think it was nerves. I don't know. But the um, special team's got to play better. Again, 51- and 53-yard field goals for South Carolina. Two block punts. Uh, almost recovered an onside, successfully executed a fake field goal, which I was surprised by the onside and the fake field goal against Georgia State. Like, why wouldn't you hold those? You should beat Georgia State without, you know, a bunch of trickery. Cody James says, I think, jo- I think you could take Josh Payton on wrestling. Um, Trey Biddy 1996 or Trey Biddy 2022? Which Trey Biddy? Trey Biddy 1996 was built a lot differently. <laughs> I still weighed 212. I weigh the exact same I did in high school right now 212. In high school, I could press about 325, though. And I'm not sure I could <laughs> come close I maybe half that now. James Bradley says, right now, right, but who will stand out? Knox really stood out last week. I think Knox could again. I don't see any reason why he couldn't stand out again. But it's hard for me to pick, but I said before in the last one what I think of the wide receivers individually. I think they all have different skill sets. Um, it would be nice to see Matt Landers. If you can hit my- Matt Landers deep, he's gone. Nobody's going to catch him. You know, Hazelwood, you know, I think this is a game where you could really, like, work the screen game to Hazelwood a lot because he is kind of your run-after-catch wide receiver. Um So just get him the ball quickly and and let him try to do things with it. John Oliver says, not Oklahoma offensive line let him get killed last year at OU and Riley knowing he was leaving Wander Williams in there. Possibly, John. um, I thought JC made a good point uh, about, um, you know, Caleb Williams and his mobility. Um, You know, so if that is the case with him getting killed by the OU O-line – you know, I guess bringing Caleb Williams makes makes sense, but Spencer Rattler was still undefeated as the starter. He had like a seventy percent completion percentage, a one seventy efficiency rating. I mean, his numbers were pretty solid overall. He does things that I've noticed throughout his career watching him, where you know there was a couple of games his retro freshman year where he lost the game on interceptions, and you're just like, what are you, where are you, where are you going with that? Um, and then I saw him do it in the Georgia State game. You know, he will make mistakes like that if you pressure him. So that's going to be a big key to the game. Let him sit back there and throw. He'll pick you apart. Throws a really beautiful ball. Landon Montgomery says, DeBinion looks incredible. Yeah, he looked good in the opener. Grayson reasoner Trey, if Johnson isn't a go this weekend, who do you expect to get more production, Green or DeBinion, or they just ri- – ride Sanders all day. I think Green probably will get a little bit more. DeBenya still has to improve as a pass blocker, but I think you're going to see them. If if, if they don't feel like they can get um, Dominic Johnson in there, which I don't know that we should expect to see like more than five or six carries from Dominic Johnson, I could be wrong on that. They could be ready to set him loose. But um, I like personally I think that Rocket Sanders should get a significant amount of carries. Like if 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 Dominic can't go, then, you know, 20 carries for him in my opinion. Adam Hall says 28.7 QBR against Georgia State, not buying until he shows something. I agree with that. Brian Malone says, do you think we stick with more zone defense, take chances getting beat with man-to-man? I think you got to mix it up. They did that in the last one. Um... Arkansas secondary didn't play very well, so if they're going to play man-to-man, they're going to make sure that they get some pressure. They've got to. You can't guard. You can't defend anybody for like six seconds. So, got to get pressure on the quarterback, and that has been their goal is to be able to play more man defense. So, we will see. Lauren Morris says, hopefully they can keep their zippers up <laughs> unlike Cincinnati losing their chin strap. I don't want to hear Spurs out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Did Cincinnati do that to slow things down? Did they? I think you should get a delay. Of game. After the third helmet comes off, it's delay a game, in my opinion. Like, that was ridiculous. Lauren Moore says, he has said before, he sometimes feels like it, but he has to stay professional and keep it very calm and business-like. You're talking about the press box, Lauren, answering for me. I mean, everybody does that. I I don't even think about it anymore. I just sit there and we have conversation and talk about things, you know. I mean, it's hard sometimes to be not be like, whoa. But, like, as far as, like, anybody that is in the press box doing stuff like, come on, Bumper, go get him, Bumper, stop him, then you don't belong in the press box, okay? That's That's just unprofessional. Tyler Eagle says, well, Hornsby have a receiving touchdown this weekend. I could see him having a touchdown. I don't know if it'll be receiving or something, but I could see. I th- I still think that they need to use him more. That's my opinion. He's just got he's just too big a playmaker. More Malik Hornsby questions. Pig Sui from New Mexico says Jerry A. Weatherford. Jonathan Parker says, why do we play at eleven against the SEC opponent? Georgia and Ole Miss play nobodies and get late kick times. I mean, they played Georgia at eleven. Was SEC was uh. Was it SEC Network or uh, College Game Day at that game last year? I can't remember, but that was an eleven o'clock game at Georgia last year with two undefeated SEC teams, two top ten teams. You know, so it happens. And again, it's not SEC Network. Not nothing against SEC Network or the Plus or the alternate channel or any of that stuff. But this is ESPN. This is College Game Day. Ton of eyes are on it, and it blends right in. And there's been a lot of big discussion. About ESPN competing with the big noon kickoff, okay, which is an 11 o'clock game Central Time. So there's been a lot of conversation about them competing in that time slot and wanting to get good games there. So it's an 11 o'clock game. It kind of stinks if you're going there, but if you're like, if you want to see a lot of people to see your game, 11 o'clock right after College Game Day on ESPN, that's that's not a bad slot. It's just it's a bad slot if you want to tailgate, if you want to you know take your time getting to the game and all that stuff. Esgar Jimenez says Alabama plays early, too. What time is that Alabama-Texas game? Is it big noon kickoff? Let's see real quick. I mean, that's a, one with a lot of eyes on it. It's 11 a.m. Yep. 11 a.m. So it happens. Dustin Hoofman says, do you believe there is a voting bias or... Or was unranked Florida's win that much better than Arkansas's win? I mean, yeah, a little bit. You know, like if Texas wins their opening game against anybody who's notable, they shoot up in the rankings, you know. Um, Florida won a big game. They did. Utah was ranked like seventh, right? I mean, they were a very highly regarded team. It came down to an interception. I mean, it could have gone either way. We'd be talking about it both ways. Um, you know, kind of the same thing with, with Brian Kelly. You know, they, if they pull that out at the end, I, I still think they should have gone for two. I'm always a big proponent of going for the win at the end of the game. Uh, always a big proponent of that. And I know a lot of people go – it seems like everybody goes back and forth. They should have gone for two. Why didn't you kick the extra point? Um, I'm always a big proponent. If you're in a situation where you can win the game right then and there, especially if you're on the road, and they're, you know, they're in a neutral site, but if you're especially if you're on the road like Arkansas did against Ole Miss, I was 100% in favor of that, 100%. You know, because you know the way the game is going with Ole Miss's offense, they're probably going to get down there and score again. You're just going to go back and forth, back and forth. To me, you had an opportunity to win the game in that moment. And the way you came back and scored a touchdown with basically no time left, I guess, you're almost – you have to win a game like that. You know, you have to punch it in the end zone. I can think the uh, fourth and 25 year at Ole Miss. So – Arkansas has the fourth and 25 play, and, you know, Bielema was just like, once that happened, they he knew that they were going down to win the game. You know, he, they, he knew that they were going to go. So, I agree with going for two in situations like that, last play of the game kind of deal, go win it. Trey Andrews says, what's your final score prediction? Right now I'm thinking 35-24. It's a little too neat because it just covers the spread. But that's kind of what I'm thinking. I could also see this being fairly high scoring, you know, because if you don't have Slusher and you don't have Catalan, who are your best secondary players? Uh, you got a quarterback that can throw the ball. It could be a higher scoring game. I kind of think 35-24 maybe is a good spot. So that's what I'm going right now. Landon Montgomery says, "Can we compete at the high level with with the high level we expect without Cat and Slush this season? I mean they." They did it without Slusher, or excuse me, they did it without Catalan last season. Slusher actually got off to a slow start. He was coming off an injury last season. They did it without Catalan last season. Without both of them, I don't know. We'll see what happens with them, but I just think it's unlikely for this game. Hunter Kane Mason says, you reviewed the film. How did Jay Johnson look to you? I didn't review film. Why do people always say you review film? It's just something that gets stuck in people's head, I guess. Maybe it's us older crowds, but there was no film. <laughs> it was all digital. How did Jay Johnson look to you? Jaden Johnson? I guess you mean Jayden Johnson. To be honest with you, I don't really remember. I don't remember him giving up an exceeding... Uh, the. Guys I remember giving up plays. I remember Brainy struggling in some areas. He's got to play better than that. I think he's capable of playing better. Um, I don't recall Jaden Johnson giving up a whole, whole lot. But, I mean, overall, nobody in the secondary played great, right? Will Bonham says, hey, Trey Biddy, do you think we can pull it off and pull off the win? We really need it. Yeah, I mean, I think that I would give Arkansas – the. I would say maybe a two-thirds chance, maybe maybe three-quarter chance of winning the game. I think Arkansas definitely, I feel like they have the better team. I just feel like they're a little bit ahead of, of where South Carolina is. And again, the things that jump out to South Carolina, I know they had a really strong transfer class and a lot of super seniors, a lot of guys coming back. The offensive line, um, I don't know that the offensive line played exceedingly well, but I just know that they've got a lot back. And you learn so much from game one to game two. But game ones, I think, are difficult because you don't scrimmage, you know, you don't hit and all that stuff. And that's where you get better. That's I mean, you can go out and throw and stuff, but you just don't really know until you start doing that kind of stuff. So, to me, that game one is going to tell them a lot, probably more in that four-hour span than they learned the previous eight months about their team. Uh, and then week two is difficult because they do recognize so much. You know they're going to probably get better, but what's going to be different? Do they feel like they can do this better, or do they feel like they need to abandon that? You know, is it a tweak here and there? So, to me, I feel like you really start to figure out your team. You know, week three, week four, kind of figure out what what Arkansas has. The coaches may know a little bit more, um, obviously, but um, you know from making their own changes. But as a fan, I think, and media person, you you're going to find out what kind of team you really got about week four. Or so, we we'll pick Sui for Michigan. I've got them covering the spread. Yes, Chris Bryant, Richard Burnham says I would like to see they're not going to use the backup quarterback to return kickoffs. I don't want to see anybody returning kickoffs unless it's a low line drive, or it's you know it it's a it lands at the 15 yard line or something. Nobody should be returning kickoffs anymore. They don't want you to do it. I even think that they're more apt to throw a penalty flag just to stop people from returning kickoffs. Don't return it. And they they moved the ball to the 25-yard line from the 20 to encourage people to stop bringing it out. They changed all kinds of stuff, which you can do with, like, wedges and stuff. Don't bring the ball out. Just don't. Take it at the 25. It's a good spot to have the ball. But definitely don't use your backup quarterback to return kickoffs. You don't want to get him hurt. It's one reason they don't want you returning kicks because players are getting hurt too easily like that. So, Landon Montgomery says, I'm not sure how Malik gets on the field. I don't want Landers, Thompson, or Hazelwood coming off the field. How do we get him in? I mean, that's the, that's the problem. It's a good problem to have. I oh, don't know. Queen Elizabeth died. Is that right? Did that just happen? I saw, I mean, what an incredible life. I saw um, that she was maybe under care. So I'm not going to look that up to confirm it. But anyway, um, kind of an interesting show today. I hope it streamed for everybody. It looks like may have, I don't know. (laughs) But uh, it'll be up on YouTube here in a little bit. All right, everybody, we got a lot to get to. So I'm going to wrap the show up. Uh, If you haven't, Throw us that five-star review on Apple Podcast, Please do so. And throw us a thumbs up or a like. Share the content with somebody else if you think you might like it. But we're going to go ahead and wrap the show up. We're in 50, 52 minutes now. So, All right, everybody. Thanks to JC Sherbert for joining us. Uh, be sure to follow him if you want some more insight on South Carolina Gamecocks. And um, yeah, I think that's everything. I think we did it. We'll see you guys with the walk and talk. You know, I've been thinking about doing this. Let me know in the comments below. I've been thinking about adding this. Like when I park – When I'm walking up to the stadium and stuff, just doing like a Twitter space and just kind of talking. I don't know if people would look at me weird. I wouldn't want to catch some stuff, I guess, if people were like screaming. I I don't know. But I've been thinking about just maybe just putting my earbuds in and walking to the stadium do a Twitter space, see how people react to that. Maybe we'll do that on Saturday. And uh, I'll do our own little pregame show, I guess. So, yeah, something to look forward to. All right, everybody, be back with you guys on the walk and talk in the afternoon on Saturday. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time.